Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Benson, corporate merchant, turned boutique owner, turned consultant. I want you to start, grow, and scale your boutique business right here with me. If you're ready to master your mindset, margins, and marketing, you're in the right place. Welcome to this week's Rich Hit. Yes, it's your hit on your way to being rich. I know it's a little bit cheesy, but listen, Rich Hit is meant to be a hit of inspiration for you to get up and start moving in your boutique business. Enjoy this quick eight to 10 minute tip. Did you know that it's predicted that over 10,000 stores will go out of business in 2021, especially big retailers and the big mistakes they're making? Let's make sure that it is not one of yours. Stay tuned. I'm going to tell you how to avoid these. I've been in the corporate retail world and boutique land for over 17 years at this point, and I've seen mistake after mistake after win after win. So I want to share with you why are these big box retailers going out of business? We hear it happen all year, all the time, especially in the spring, sometimes even in the fall. But realistically, there are things that they are doing to go out of business that you can avoid. Let's learn from them. Okay, so let's get right into it. One of the very first ways that you and big retailers will count themselves out is by trying to compete on price. Now, you've got to understand that the retail industry is either a volume game or a margin game. And for you as a boutique owner, especially if you don't have a huge audience or you're just starting out, you cannot compete on price. Just don't try to. You don't have the volume, meaning you're not selling as many units and and rolling through that inventory the way that a big box retailer like a Target or a Walmart would roll through, okay? So they can compete on price, let them do it. Be your own business. Do not look at big box retailers um, because especially a lot of times they do things wrong. If you look at Payless shoe stores, they expanded way too quickly into international markets and then had to literally shut down all of their international stores. Yikes. Why they grew too fast, they expanded too fast, and because they invested all that money into growing stores and they didn't have the markup, the margin, the price to compete, they got taken out. The deal is the lower your price is, the less you really should expand your assortment. You shouldn't, if you're trying to compete on price, go and sell men's clothes, children's clothes, tchotchkes, shoes, all of that stuff. If you want to compete on price, do it in places where you can do massive volume. So meaning tops, bottoms, maybe dresses, okay? That's the only place that maybe you can compete on price and really do a lot of volume. I'm talking hundreds and thousands of units a week. That's what I mean by volume. A lot of sales, okay? If you're watching this and that's not your deal, don't try to compete on price. You can't do it. And I'm telling you right now, you'll run out of cash. The math does not work. I would also add that the lower your price, kind of the junkier the store people think you have. Part of this also is like, you can have an affordable store, which I still hate that term, but you don't have to be these deep discount low prices. I mean, honestly, you guys, go to your local Kohl's, your local Target, your local Old Navy. Even these stores that do great volume still have a really wide price range where they have some things for $15 and they still have things for $40, $45, $50. Just because you want to be affordable doesn't mean everything has to be under $30. Just don't have a junkie store. Make sure that you protect your brand and you're not just trying to be the lowest priced person out there because I guarantee you, you will lose at a certain point. One of the big mistakes that retailer Victoria's Secret did a couple years ago, we knew they were never going to add 
plus sizes. I mean, they kind of are trying now, but we knew that they had a very specific body shape, a very specific size set, and that's okay, all right? You don't have to include every size, every department. You don't have to have it all. That's not going to be where you win. But one of the mistakes that Victoria's Secret did is they actually started to bash the idea of having a plus size model or having a transgender model. This was a couple years ago. Things have changed since I'm filming this now, but it took so much public pressure. It took so much scandal, honestly, for them to actually get rid of the people that were kind of making fun of plus size models and not really respecting the fact that women come in all shapes and sizes. And if you say you're going to be for women, it's okay to say, I'm just going to stand for these sizes because that's my ideal customer. However, do not be catty and disrespectful about the sizes or the shapes or the things you don't cover. Have yourself protected. Have some stores where you can send people that you know they have great quality products in their size or in their style. That's okay to do. I think the biggest problem is saying, we don't carry that. Sorry, we never will. It doesn't sell. Listen, Victoria's Secret was a little bit more shady than I know you would be, but I want to make the point that it's okay to not sell every size. It's okay not to have something for everyone, but have an alternative for those customers that come in that you just can't serve. It's okay to give that business away to someone else because remember, as we pass good energy on, good energy comes back to us. What happened with Victoria's Secret is one of their top executives was interviewed by the New York Times and he said these horrible things about women of different shapes and sizes that didn't fit the angel model. So don't be like Victoria's Secret. Don't do that. Make sure that if you're not going to cover sizes, you're not going to cover certain categories, you have somewhere to send that customer who comes in, really needs or wants that, and just you can't fulfill it. That's okay. Refer them to someone else. Trust me, the karma will come back to you. Just be nice about it. The biggest distraction, I think, is straying from your core product assortment. So a product assortment is basically the styles that you sell in your store. I like to put those into categories or departments. Like a category would be tops, bottoms, dresses, denim, accessories. What happens is, is that people get excited. They're like, oh, we're doing well in this category. Let me go try another category. Don't do that. You need to make sure that you feed your good categories, that you're supporting your best-selling departments and your best-selling styles. The last thing you need to do if you're having a great month in dresses is go buy kids' clothes. That money needs to go back into dresses. This is honestly one of the easiest traps to fall into when you have your own store. I see so many people just get really over-assorted. So if I come to your website and you have 25 categories on your website and you opened six months ago, I'm going to tell you, you need to cut some things. You should not have categories with one or two items in that. It's not driving sales. You're making investments and putting money into things that don't sell and you're starving the categories that really need you to put that money and that investment back into it. So how do you find these categories? Number one, you've got to track your best sellers every single month. If you don't know what your top five and 10 best-selling items are, what are you doing? You need to know this, and it cannot be a guesstimate. It cannot be like, well, I think this sold really well last month. You owe it to yourself to go in and pull reports and look at what your monthly sales are, not just from a top line, we made $5,000 this month, but out of that $5,000, our top 10 items were XYZ, and wow, that's a lot of dresses. Maybe we should buy more dresses because dresses sell really well for us. Do not stray away from your bread and butter. 
what's selling will continue to sell and it will continue to sell more if you feed it more inventory. So you either give it more units against the style or you expand the breadth of that style. So if you are doing really well in tank tops, maybe you bring in some wider strap tank tops, some thinner straps, some kimonos to go over it, tops, okay? Like tops, you need more tops. So remember, maximize what works. So find what works and do more of it. And minimize what doesn't work, which is generally these ditzy little categories where you have one or two items randomly in it. You probably don't need it. And you're spending two, three, four, a thousand dollars on inventory not in the right category. So you're not feeding what needs it, you're distracting from what is actually working in your store. If you can follow these three tips, honestly, these are some of the easiest things to do that will create a really big difference in your boutique. If you're looking to take your boutique to the next level, really grow it, I have a free micro course that's pre-recorded that you can get instant access to just by going to www.growmy.boutique. Over there, you just enter your email address and we're going to send you two hours of me teaching all about how to grow your boutique. It's free. It's easy. All you have to do is give us your email and we will send it right to your inbox. So I hope that you will do that and make a small investment, which is your email address, <laughs> into helping grow your boutique. I hope you use these tips. Thank you so much for joining. If you've liked what you've heard today, don't forget to rate and review this podcast so more amazing boutique owners just like you can find it. Hopefully I will see you in my other spaces and places on the internet, whether that is my YouTube channel, on Facebook or on Instagram. I hope to see you somewhere else. Say hello when you see me there and I'll see you next week.